listening to a Sharesies podcast. It's the 14th of October. Welcome to Recap, made for you by Sharesies. And in case you don't know, Sharesies is a wealth development platform where our purpose is to create the most financially empowered generation. Get a load of the financial disclaimer, why don't you? Investing involves risk. You aren't guaranteed to make money and you might lose the money you started with. Any information we provide is general only and current at the time. If you're looking for help with your investment choices, we recommend talking to a licensed financial advice provider. G'day Alice. Hey Jose, how's it going? going? I'm I'm well, thank you. Thanks very much for asking. I understand you went and saw the new James Bond. Give us a very quick brief review. Um, I thought it was great. To be honest, it's been so long since I've seen any James Bond movies that I was most <laughs> surprised um, by the fact that Voldemort from Harry Potter is in charge of MI6 now. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, there's some serious thought... character development right there. That's an intense uh, crossover. There's so much that I even <laughs> just like choked on it. I mean, you're talking about Ray Fiennes is, is playing uh, M now, right? Yeah, that's right. Um, I, I It has been since pointed out to me that this wasn't his first James Bond movie either. I just couldn't remember him featuring in it before, but I just couldn't get past the fact, like, I just look at him in the movie and see Voldemort. Imagine if, like, you know, James Bond went into the office of him and there's, like, Voldemort they're going, hello, James. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, he appeared enough in my nightmares as a child, so, um, Absolutely. You know. <laughs> Thank you for that. Uh, so what's on the show today? Shall we, shall we crack on? Absolutely. So uh, to start us off, it was announced yesterday afternoon that there's going to be a new player joining the New Zealand Stock Exchange. Oh, exciting. So who's this? So it's a company called Green Fern Industries. Now they are based in the Taranaki and were founded in 2018. Okay. So what do we know about Green Fern? Uh, at a surface level, their aim is to be a leading New Zealand producer and distributor of three things, uh, medicinal cannabis products, hemp-based health and beauty products, and then hemp-based foods. Now, their vision, according to their website, is to become New Zealand's regional hub for the commercialization of world-class medicinal and therapeutic cannabis products while in harmony with the environment. Mm, and you said they've been around since 2018. Do you know how they've been going since then? Yeah, you can actually check out their financial statements and also like a listing profile with all this company information um, on Greenfern's website. So the company does describe itself as being an early stage operation. Uh, so it's making small revenues and is still making losses. Uh, now the company said that development to date has been funded through doing two rounds of crowdfunding through which it's raised about $5 million. Um, and the company says that their focus to date has been on research at its medicinal cannabis facility in Taranaki, um, as well as harvesting and selling hemp crops for industrial use and food ingredients. Mm, thanks very much for that overview. So when's this listing happening? Uh, according to the document filed to the NZX list uh, yesterday, uh, Green Fern will list its shares from 11am on the 21st of October. So that's next Thursday. Uh, and do we know what price the shares will be at? Uh, yeah, the company said the shares will be listed at 25 cents per share, although obviously uh, once they're listed, we don't know what the share price will do after that. Uh, now, given that price of 25 cents per share, that um, implies Greenfern's valuation of the company to be $21 million. And what did Greenfern say about the listing? 
So Dan Casey, who's the company's managing director, he said that this is another major step forward for the company. He said his team's been working towards this goal for the past 12 months, so it's an exciting day for them. Nice. And did they say why they are deciding to become a publicly listed company? Yeah, they said that by being listed on the New Zealand Stock Exchange, they expect to be able to attract new capital when required so that they can explore growth opportunities. So um, one thing they mentioned was, say, further developing, uh, producing and establishing commercial relationships um, here in New Zealand and Australia, as well as in overseas markets. Now, it's also worth noting that Greenfern is doing something called a direct listing. This process is a bit different um, uh, to list a company than an initial public offering or IPO that we quite often hear about. Yeah, so what's the difference? That's a good question. So with an IPO, uh, which are considered to be like the traditional way of listing on an exchange or taking a company public, uh, this usually involves a company issuing new shares and selling these to investors to raise capital um, at the time of listing. Now with a direct listing, a company sells existing shares rather than issuing new ones. So it means that some existing shareholders need to sell some of their shares to the public to do the listing. Um, it also means that the company's not raising money through doing the pro- uh, the listing process. Mm, that is super interesting. I never knew there were all these different ways for companies to go public. I mean, I remember talking on Recap about uh, another way to go public, which was uh, through a special purpose acquisition company, uh, or SPAC, as it's called, uh, which is exactly what Rocket Lab did. Exactly, yeah. And I mean, although the processes can vary, ultimately the end result is that the company will be listed on a stock exchange. Mm. Um, Now, there are a few um, other differences between the processes. And if you are interested in learning more, as a bit of self-promotion here, our latest blog on the Sharesies blog actually talks um, about the different ways that companies can list. Mm, Awesome. I might uh, stick a link to that in the episode description. Thank you very much, Alice. Our next story takes us to Chile, which is the first for us, right, Jose? Yeah, yeah, totally. I love to do a bit of globe hopping on the old recap. And this uh, story also includes South32, which is a ASX-listed mining and metals company based out of Perth. Uh, they have agreed to buy part of a copper mine in Chile and will spend quite a bit of money to do so. Yeah, so when you told me earlier today um, the amount that they've they're going to pay for this. I literally wrote like four in a message to you. <laughs> yeah, you sure did. I was like, oh, wow. Uh, so South32 agreed to buy a 45% stake in a Sierra Gorda mine in Chile and agreed to pay just over $2 billion American dollars for it. It will be the biggest transaction for the company after it was spun off from BHP uh, six years ago. They will be buying the stake from the Japan-based Sumitomo Metal Mining Company, who uh, put their part of the mine up for sale a year ago. And the deal will see South32 put $1.5 billion up front, with the remaining $500 million to be paid when a couple of production milestones are met. And it will be partially funded by a $1 billion debt facility. Okay, I guess my next question is, why have they bought into this mine? Yeah, that's a good question. And there are a couple of things going on here. So in the first place, it's a clear strategy from the CEO, Graham Kerr, who has long uh, made it clear that he's wanted to move South32 from its 
very diversified portfolio of interests and activities and consolidate it into more of a base metals miner. Uh, but secondly, there's actually been a lot of movement in the mining industry around copper lately. So for example, last month, another Aussie mining company, Sandfire Resources, they bought a copper mine in Spain for 2.6 billion Australian dollars. And I was just reading about a mine in Serbia that's been reopened in anticipation of the growing demand for copper. So why is everyone a fan of copper all of a sudden? Yeah, so it turns out copper is extremely valuable to renewable and green technologies because it's really good at conducting electricity and heat. And that is particularly important for the production of electric cars because they need to be charged, the batteries need to get slammed with electrons. And in fact, they use three and a half times more copper than a petrol car. So with EV and clean energy production ramping up, it seems like it's expected generally that the price of copper will go up. And in fact, uh, Wood McKenzie, a research consultancy firm, uh, they put out a report I was uh, having a look at. They reckon that by 2030, electric cars will be consuming 250% more copper than they were in 2019. All right, so how has the Australian Stock Exchange treated South 32's share price? Yeah, I just had a look before recording today. The price was at $3.83. That was up from yesterday where it closed at $3.65. Last Friday on Recap, we talked to Professor Tava Olsen from the University of Auckland about the crippling challenges that are impacting supply chains across the world. Yeah, that's right, and the issues which have been onset by the pandemic range from computer chip shortages to port congestion to serious shortages in truck drivers to transport goods. And pent-up demand for goods from people being stuck at home has basically added fuel to the fire. Uh, the results of these factors have led to soaring shipping prices and uh, generally prices increasing for consumers. Yeah, so what's the latest on this, Alice? Well, it's still a bit of doom and gloom, according to Moody's Analytics, who has warned that supply chains, quote, will get worse before they get better, unquote. Now, this comes um, also as the International Monetary Fund downgraded its forecast for the US economy's growth this year, um, citing the supply chains as one of the reasons for doing this. But the latest on this is that the US government is increasing its efforts to help combat some of these supply chain challenges. So what is happening? What are they going to do? So on Wednesday in the US, uh, President Joe Biden outlined a number of steps that his administration will take to try and alleviate some of these pressures. Now, I read in an article um, by CNN that kind of put this really nicely into three main things. Right. So let's hear them. Uh, so the first one is that Biden is going to extend port hours. So in the US, two ports, um, being the Port of Los Angeles and the Port of Long Beach, handle about 40% of the country's shipping container traffic. Now, the Port of Long Beach is already working 24 hours a day, seven days a week, but the Port of Los Angeles will also move to the schedule. Now, Biden said that this would increase the potential time for containers to be unloaded by 60 hours a week, which almost doubles the amount of hours that the port um, will be open for from uh, compared to earlier in the year. Mm. And, and what was the next thing? 
Uh, so Biden also met with um, sort of representatives from the private sector to discuss the challenges. And he said that the largest US goods carriers, uh, which include like Walmart, FedEx and UPS, they will up their efforts to help address these issues. So for example, Walmart, which is America's largest retailer, they've committed to moving more goods during off-peak hours, which can help speed up supply chains because like there's less traffic on roads and things like that. Mm. And what was the last thing that Biden talked about today uh the last thing is an effort to tackle the truck driver issue now the government is working with state departments of motor vehicles or dmvs to help issue commercial driver's licenses in an attempt to boost truck driver numbers and what did biden say the impact of this will be Well, he described it as potentially being a game changer, but he did note that in order for these things to work, it does require all the different players like retailers and logistics companies to play their part. Thanks very much, Alice. And that means it's the end of the show. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Always great to have... uh, know that people are out there with their ears and listening to us i don't know where i'm going with that but that's fine that was recap for the 14th of october and as always please consider please consider giving us a rating and review on apple podcast it really does help other people find recap yeah absolutely i think what i mean was meaning i was just saying thank you thank you for listening and we will see you tomorrow matiwa kaki deano bye